Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. Uh, Sarah, what's going on in Portland, Oregon? I am on a running high from several days long. I, my, my running is just in a really good place right now. And I'm very happy oh, about awesome. it. that's awesome. Yes, yes. Yeah, like would define what a good place means. That, well, for starters, two years ago, we are recording this on Valentine's Day. Two years ago on... Oh, happy Valentine's Day, Sarah. <laughs> that was yesterday. Today's Valentine's. Oh, okay, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. So that two years ago today, to the day, was when my bulging discs presented themselves and it was uh, tied with uh, two other of events that made it the most painful run I've ever taken in my life. And and then it led to a, almost a year of not running and then six to 12 months of coming back. And I am back. I am back. Back with a capital B. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. Good. And so I, and I am switched to a new model of running shoes, new model for me from our friends at Topo Athletic. And as I said in a recent native ad that I'm typically very loyal. Once I find a shoe that works, I stick with it. But I have been, given that I had the back injury and that I am no longer quite as young as I used to be, I am intrigued by max cushioned shoes. And so Topo Mm -hmm. has come out with a max cushion shoe, meaning that there's a whole lot of cushioning under your foot. And so the Topo version of that is called the Atmos, as in the first five letters of atmosphere. And I was, you know, I was healthily skeptical when I put them on. And I thought, okay, I, I've been burned before by going on too long of a run in new shoes. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going out for three miles. And started out and actually ran into this woman, Katrina. She and her husband, Justin, were guests on our Friday podcast a bunch of years ago. And she was like, oh, and so she was wearing Topo shoes too. And I was I was like, look, look, I'm trying new ones because she was wearing the ones that I, that I have Phantoms, which was what my longtime shoe. And I was like, I was about a mile and a half into my run. I'm like, yeah, I'm not so sure about them yet. And by about a half mile, three quarters of a mile later, I'm like, I love these shoes. I'm going further than I intended to. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking my own rules. So pretty much every run I've gone on in the Atmos, I've gone a mile further than I intended to. And then today I went on a run on a very flat trail and it was quite chilly for Portland today. It was very foggy and said it was 40 degrees it felt much colder than that and so I was like I gotta run a little faster to warm up here and I without intending to I ran faster than I have in more than two years so wow yeah so I'm just I'm just loving them and feeling good and um, I am just filled with gratitude that is the overwhelming feeling That is great. I mean, that's a testament to the long game, right? Mm -hmm. Like a year of being out, uh, six to 12 months of coming back and just being patient, which is so hard to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's amazing. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I thought of you while I was out there and um, I'm sorry that you no longer run. And um, I'm glad that I can carry on the running tradition. And I thought about some runs that we did together when we were traveling the country to promote another mother runner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah plenty of those well, i did run a little bit today i ran Ooh. we did a workout at uh i mean little meaning five steps mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we did uh at, at the lion's den we did a workout where um it was like 90 seconds of cardio 
and then um, pull-ups and then 90 seconds of cardio and then step-ups. Mm. Um, and uh, and so um, my pull-ups, I mean, first of all, I'm not doing real, I mean, I am doing real pull-ups, but they are assisted. Mm-hmm. So just so you know, I did not do, I did not do four sets of 10 pull-ups with no problem, <laughs> but um, or with no assistance at, at all. Um, but anyway, they, they took me a while to do 10 pull-ups. So, um, you had 90 seconds for each thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, sometimes like, I was like three seconds left after the pull-ups were done to like get back to the treadmill. I was, I was climbing. I was like, I would climb, like doing a high incline walk mm-hmm. on the treadmill. Okay. So okay. I, had to, I had to run, I had to get to the treadmill before the timer clicked zero. So it was very, very quick. And you work out at a place called the lion's den. Yeah, yeah. I did not. Um, yes, it's yeah, yeah. That's what I talked about. I, I mean, I I think I told you about it a long time ago. Oh. Maybe I never said the name of it, yeah. but yeah, it's the it's it's the strength class that I do three times a week. Oh yeah, I knew about the class. Um, I didn't know the name of it. That's <laughs> yeah, it's called the Lions Den. <laughs> yeah. I hope they have good merch. Uh. Um, they do have some cute stuff. Um, yes, they do have some cute stuff. It's it's uh, you know, they um. <laughs> In one of their rooms, this is kind of the, it's not, it's not hardcore like CrossFit, but it has a little bit of that tinge to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's this huge, I mean, I mean, huge, like probably, I mean, as big as top to bottom of the wall. So maybe tw- 12, is that 10 feet, not 11 feet? I don't know. Big wall. Then probably six feet wide, a poster or mm-hmm. a mural that says it's a big lion's head, mm-hmm. you know, that is not friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the bottom, it says, nobody cares, work harder. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your kind of place. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, today we are doing something a bit different here on AMR Answers. We're answering just one question because I originally posted it on the Another Mother on our Facebook page to crowdsource answers from folks because I'm like, okay, well, hearing the answer from just Emily me, that's not enough. And well, the responses were so great, so impactful, so plentiful. I wanted to include a slew of them. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to share a bunch of the answers, kind of riff off them. And so to kick things off, here is Trisha, who is time management curious. Hi, this is Trisha from Chicago, and I'm calling with a mother runner time management question. It seems like no matter what stage we're in as moms to our growing kids, And where we are as runners, there's never enough time to fit it all in. And I find myself constantly struggling to set aside some time just for me and get the laundry done and the groceries and do my job and everything else. So I'm just wondering, what are everybody's favorite time management tools, whether it's apps or just mental reminders? How do you fit it all in, ladies? Thank you. Bye-bye. Trisha, thank you so much for your question. As I said, I crowdsourced it on the AMR Facebook page. And before we get to all those responses, Dim, I want to know, do you have a favorite time management tool? I mean, a tool might be a little uh, (laughs) ambitious of a word for it. (laughs) I mean, I definitely have a to-do list. And what I like to do in the morning is write down everything that I have to do. And then I typically put it into time slots, like next to my list, I'll put like nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, you know? Wow. Um, and I try to, well, it, it just helps mm-hmm. like just to kind of like see what's going to take time and what's, you know, kind of figure out what I want to prioritize mm-hmm. because, you know, for me, you know, sometimes I'll like go for the lowest hanging fruit first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. which is um, not the best strategy for me. You know, I tend to like, come out of the gate hard. And so I need to do the thing that's going to take the most energy, Mm. both 
like, you know, mentally and maybe the one that, thing that I'm dreading the most. Because mm-hmm. if I leave the thing that I'm dreading the most at the end of the day, chances are I'm not going to get to it. Mm. So, so that's kind of what I do. And then the other thing that is, um, as far as like exercise goes, and this is, I'm a big, big proponent of this, as people in many happy miles know, I actually put it on their calendar every Sunday now, mm. taking 10 minutes on Sunday to schedule your workouts for the upcoming week. That is, it's a game changer. Mm. It really is because you sit down, you look at your calendar and it's not just, I'm going to work out on Wednesday. It's at 3.30 on Wednesday, I'm going to run for 45 minutes and I'm going to do 10 one minute intervals Mm. and like, just like making it as specific as you can Mm -hmm. so that it becomes, first of all, writing it pen to paper is huge um, or writing it on a calendar. Or if you do use a Google calendar or whatever, that's fine. But again, like the more specific you can be, Mm -hmm. the better, Mm. because then it just takes away that like, oh, I know I should go do something, but I don't know what it is. Or, you know, like, or I, I wanted to make sure that I get in like three runs in the week. And then all of a sudden you're like, I guess I have to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you don't want to run three days in a row, you know? So, so that's, I mean, that's, it is, I mean, you don't necessarily have to do it on Sunday. I, in my mind, the week starts on Monday, but I know a lot of people like the weeks to start on Sunday, but just taking 10 minutes and just doing it for like seven days, Mm -hmm. you don't have to do the whole month. Mm -hmm. You just have to do the next couple of days. Excellent. Excellent. What about you, Sarah? What do you do? Well, you mentioned the big one that I do, which is Google Calendar, and that's definitely uh, for work for, and and I guess some life. I mean, like this Saturday, I'm having tea with a friend. And oh, so, so dainty. Yes. <laughs> so that's on there. And also pickleball uh, get scheduled on there. The sessions where I'm going to play pickleball, those are on there. So then that way I really like getting reminders. So mm-hmm. that helps me a lot. And then in terms of work, I use... Um, journals paper journals by a brand called studio o that's oh and i just really like the look of them they have a paper cover or a cardboard um and there's all different designs and so i like getting a cute you know like a llama or right now i have a branch of a lemon tree and Mm -hmm. so and then it has a spine so that it can lay flat open on my desk yeah so and i keep a bunch of i keep all the old ones in theory, so I can go back and look at them. Of course, I rarely ever do you that. You never do, right? <laughs> That's the thing. I started throwing away my those kind of calendars because I did. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go back. I'm like, I never reference them ever. Like that's... Um, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do they have anything special on the inside? Like, or is it just regular it's, lined It's pages? definitely lined because I could not... Unlined paper to me is for drawing pictures. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a bullet journal kind of girl. No, I am... Uh, yeah. Because also I... Um, oftentimes write pretty big in it. So sometimes I go above the line, like it's the title of something. Like I just had a call with Curex. And so it says Curex team call in really big letters. And then usually I write down the Mm -hmm. date. Yes. And I will say that when I take a little, pull back the curtain a little bit, when I take notes during the podcast, during the Friday podcast recording, I oftentimes take multiple pages of notes. So I always write at the top of every page what the guest name, what the co-host name is. So I remember. <laughs> there you go. You know what? You got whatever works, whatever yeah, works. Yeah. That's so funny that you like that to lay flat. Cause I got um, this year for 
Christmas, I didn't know what to ask for. And um, I used to, when I worked back way back in the day at uh, Self Magazine, it was owned by Condé Nast. And so was the New, so is the New Yorker. I don't, I don't know what the state of things are not right now, <laughs> but you could get a New Yorker desk diary, oh. which I just think is so cool um, for like half oh. off, right? Because you worked at the same building. So I would go get one for me. Well, it was my boss that tipped me on to it. So I would get one for her and one for me and then like, you know, give one to my mom or something right. like that. On your, mom, anyway. on your massive salary as an editorial assistant. <laughs> my massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I got one again this year and it's kind of fun. I mean, it, bring, it definitely brings me back to um, those days, uh-huh. right? Just the, you know, and they have all these like New York centric things at the front, like, you know, where to call them and get reservations and reserve, uh, you know, to different hotels and restaurants and stuff. But I love the, I love the cartoons and I love the, um, the days actually have that those times written in oh, mm-hmm. that I was talking about. So that's mm-hmm, nice. So mm-hmm. just wanted to throw that out there just because it's kind of a nostalgia. Nice, thing. nice. So, all right. So we're going to start with, with the, in with the comments and want to point out that this conversation is a mix of addressing the notion of fitting it all in as well as actionable suggestions. At first, when I heard Trisha's question, I definitely thought it was for actual, like, what system do you use? What calendar do you use? And people really ran with it in terms of the whole notion of fitting it all in. So, I want to start off with a fascinating comment by Kate, and she says, there's this great TED talk about why it's so important to write down things you need to remember. Our brains evolved to be past focus, like food, predators, quicksand location, and (laughs) I love that (laughs) example, and long-term focus, crops, hunting season, migration patterns, not to be short-term future brain. So when you ask your brain to do something it's not evolved to do, you're essentially making it really hard on yourself. Write it down. It's not a failure on your part. Part. It's a failure of evolution. So cheers to Kate and cheers to Darwin and all the all the people came <laughs> afterward. Yeah. Can I make a funny quicksand joke? Yes. I can't remember who which comedian it was, but anyway, I was listening to the radio and they were talking about like as a child you thought you were going to die in one of two ways from watching TV, like TV kind of taught you to die in one of two ways. (laughs) Yes. One is like an anvil falling on your head. Right. And the other one is quicksand. (laughs) I think it was this American life. And it It might've been, that was so funny, but it, but it wasn't funny because it was about the woman who actually got caught in quicksand. And she talked about being short and how she started being sucked down by it and how she had to like leave her boots behind and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was that. Yes, yes. And she was on a beach in Massachusetts Mm -hmm. with her Mm -hmm. dog. Yep. Yeah. So watch out. Watch out. Okay. So Amanda says, the best advice I got when I was juggling all the things was to aim for a C plus at everything. Done is better than perfect. Also, learning to say no to things that don't align with my goals even when it feels a little gross. And I got to say, this is like totally speaking my love language because... Timothy, do you think it was an accident that you got assigned to read this quote? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. But I, you know, I always said good enough, like good enough is good enough, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're looking for consistency, not perfection. The same thing is like done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. Saying no to things that don't align with your goals, that's hard. Saying no, and and it definitely makes you feel gross and awkward. um, But you just do your best and keep moving mm-hmm. forward. I mm-hmm. love that. Melissa says she doesn't do it all. Back when her son was little, he's 20 now. Um, if I took him to sports practice, then I ran around a trail or I ran the trail around the fields and my spouse did the grocery shopping or vacuumed or whatever. 
which is like lovely. I love that. Um, I know not everyone is in this position, but when you have a partner who is willing to help you with the household chores, which typically fall on the female shoulder, just saying stereotypically, then it does feel a little bit better. It definitely lightens the load. But she said, I have two non-negotiable times when I run with my group, Tuesday nights and Saturday mornings. Spouse my, my partner took that time with the kid and I did the same on the nights he had softball. We both work full-time jobs, cooking, cleaning, shopping, and childcare are not mom-only jobs just because some old, sorry, some old-fashioned gender roles. Good job, Melissa. And then um, Michelle chimed in, said, I came here to say the exact same thing. I run during practice one night a week and I get up for early morning group runs twice a week at 4.30 a.m. Just uh spoiler alert, 4.30 Five o'clock is going to be a little bit of a theme running yes. through these these answers, right, mm-hmm. Sarah? Mm-hmm. So she says, if I'm training for a race, my husband knows I'll be gone a couple hours on Saturday for my long run. I don't plan long runs races in the late fall because he's a hunter and I respect that he needs his time too. We just do the household chores that they need to be done. No one thing is my job or his. We just do them together. So yeah, that's nice. It, yeah. it made me think of you and your husband, Grant, the way you would take turns training for a big event. Yep, definitely. We definitely did that. And um, we, you know, we definitely take turns too with our chores too. I mean, you know, I got to say hats off to him who like, it's Valentine's Day, right? So I get to praise him a tiny bit. (laughs) He folds my laundry. Mm. I mean, I've not, I can't remember the last time I I folded anybody's laundry. He does his and mine. The kids do their Mm -hmm. own. And then, um, and then uh, he also cleans the kitchen every night yeah. um very well mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm very grateful for those two things yeah. he does other things too mm-hmm. but you know i those are the for sure things. yeah jack my husband typically unloads the dishwasher when he gets up in the morning so i appreciate that so yeah yeah that's nice to have it's and it's nice to have that like steady thing you know where you're just like you know what and then when you actually do it once when you haven't done it in a long time you're like Oh, I'm so grateful he does this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> cleaning the kitchen is, I just, again, like talking about my energy drain by the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, the last thing I want to do is like scrub a pan. You oh, know? Speaking of gender roles, we um, have, you know, we put out our here in Portland, we put our garbage and recycling and compost in bins out at the curb the night before pickup. And so one of our neighbors across the street, um, I put out the compost and the recycling and he yells out to me, this guy's, we call him Rocky. And he yells out to me, he's like, oh, tell Jack it's also garbage day. And I'm like, Rocky, you're looking at the person who brings these things out. I'll just bring it down. <laughs> like, why do you think Jack does that? <laughs> is Rocky of an older generation? Uh, Rocky is in his early 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And a uh, funny side note, his real name is Ron and his last name is Rhodes, R-H-O. D E S and my son, John, when he was quite young, when John was quite young, maybe, I don't know, four or five started calling him Rocky for no good reason, not knowing his last name. Turns out that Rocky quote unquote, Rocky's dream in life growing up was to be called Rocky because then haha, his name is Rocky Rhodes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Uh-huh. So it, it really pleases him quite greatly. I thought maybe it had to do something to the ice cream, <laughs> but if he didn't know his last yeah, name. No, yeah. So, um, all right. Okay. So Linda, this, and this is a visual and this is in, as of right now, it's going to be the image for the promo, the um, liner notes of this episode. <laughs> and it is very long grass and a trampoline and that there is a lawnmower, very um, kind of dirty, well-loved 
lawnmower that is just stopped. Like it has got done part of the lawn and just done with the job. So anyway, so Linda says, I'm posting this picture because I just want to say you can't do it all. When I ran a marathon in 2022, I had to make sacrifices in my life to fit it in. Running a marathon takes 15 to 20 hours of training per week. If you're running all the miles plus stretching, strength training, foam rolling, etc. Linda writes, in my case, I had to give up all my other hobbies plus housework and mowing the lawn took a back seat. In fact, I received a letter from the sheriff telling me to mow my lawn. (laughs) I took this picture of my yard after I returned from the race. It is a reminder that we only have just so many hours in a day and sacrifices have to be made. That being said, I'll be sticking to shorter races from now on. (laughs) And maybe getting a rider mower. I don't know. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And I got to say, I mean, do you think the sheriff really came by or do you think someone reported it? Because I'm like, if that's what the sheriff is spending time doing, I'm like... Well, maybe there's a... That they have a fairly large, or by my standards, by Portland standards, they appear to have a large lawn. So perhaps they live in a more rural area, and perhaps they don't have quite as many um, uh, calls as you would say in Portland, Oregon, or Denver, Colorado, where you're sure. Sure, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, you're right. It could have been. Yeah. um, But I mean, sheriff. I mean, that's that's pretty hard. (laughs) That's pretty harsh. You're cooking with gas there. It's time it's time to mow your lawn. And we don't want you we don't want you uh sitting in jail because of your lawn, Linda. So right. let's <laughs> again, like I have this picture of a cartoon like the Anvil, like her like, you know, sitting in jail, you know, like a cartoon right. jail. Um uh, okay. Several women follow this strategy from Kelly, um, which is awesome. I am currently injured, but my secret to success, though it's never easy, is to prioritize sleep. Everything is more doable after I've gotten my eight hours which feels a little like um, an oxymoron, right? Like I'm trying to do like time management and I want, and you're telling me to sleep for eight hours. That only gives me 16 hours instead of (laughs) 17 or 18, right? (laughs) But I do agree with like eight. I used to, I mean, I'm still sometimes nine hours. Um, That and exercise are the two things and everything feels more manageable Mm -hmm. when you do Mm -hmm. that, which I know we're trying to fit in exercise here. So um, that's a little bit more of a, But yeah, I think those two things are key. Yep, yep. All right, it's time for a quick break. We'll be back soon with more responses about fitting it all in. Okay, Lynn is chiming in. The best advice she was ever given, choose two. As in, she can only focus on doing two jobs well, whether it's mother, wife, teacher, runner, daughter, sister, friend, coach, whatever, um, on a given day or space. Some days, I think I'm going to be a runner and a teacher, but a kid is sick and I have to put something on the back burner to reprioritize. So being flexible is always super important. I think that's really good advice. Oprah gave it once, actually. Um, and then I wrote quote. So here's a little, I, we could just comment on all these things. So Oprah said you can only do three things well at once. You know, Oprah's a little more ambitious than Lynn, apparently. But Oprah also has a lot of help. Yeah, she can pay for a lot of help, yes. <laughs> yes. So so her thing was three things at once, right? So like you can, you can only do three things well, mm. right? So it, it's exercise, it's family, and it's your job, or it's, you know, something else. You're um, like, wait, what are anyway, the other things? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I know. Hobbies. Hobbies. Not sure. <laughs> Hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. For, um, other yes, family. Exactly. Like, I mean, family. I, when I think yeah. family, yeah, I think like your, you know, your immediate family, not necessarily your extended family. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I wrote that in, I wrote a version of that and run like a mother. 
And, um, and then someone quoted it back to me mm-hmm. on like one of our first runs when we were just talking about the book tour, like back, I can totally picture mm-hmm. totally there's my Minnesota mm-hmm. accent picture. We were at, uh, title nine in downtown Denver, Cherry Creek, Denver. And yeah. And we went for a run and she, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like so weird that someone's quoting me back to me, but she was, wasn't really me. It was Oprah, which, you know, I'll take <laughs> anyway. Can I share a, uh, we're going on a little side tangent here. So yeah. my best friend Chalkley was in town for the past six days and it was utterly delightful. And so she is a documentary filmmaker, um, creative director. And so I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to, you know, really tap into her talents And I asked her to take a bunch of pictures of me running and some product shots and things like that so that I can use them for our website, social media, you know, partner promotions, that sort of thing. So we're out there in the neighborhood, you know, with trying to find different scenic backdrops and a couple, you know, maybe flowers blooming, that sort of thing. And this woman runs by and her name's Fawn and she is a avid mother runner. And so she's like, Sarah. And, and so uh, I was like, oh, you know, just, and I explained what I was doing because it was kind of like, wait, why are you just standing here? Like with your foot up on a, you know, the root of a tree and having your friend take a picture of it. So anyway, yeah. so I introduced Fawn to Chalkley and I was so pleased because later on she, she texted Fawn texted me and she said, oh, it was so nice to meet Chalkley. You talk about her so much on the podcast. It was really nice to put a face to a name. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, fun. It was just, I don't know. But then, it, but then because of you saying, you know, oh, getting quoted back, then I'm like, Chocolate, you understand that not every woman who runs by knows me. Like, I don't, so it just gave her kind of a distorted, <laughs> like, wow, everyone in Portland must know Sarah. No, that's not accurate. Uh, <laughs> no, just fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> just fun and Molly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Courtney, another teacher, chimes in here. Her time comes first, and here comes at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm six days a week. It's the only time I can dedicate a hundred percent to me and it gets my day going to be a mother, wife, and teacher. I've been doing it now for 10 years since my son was little and he's now 10. And if that has you wincing, of course, Mm -hmm. then that's obviously not your solution, Mm -hmm. but I will say it does get easier to wake up earlier when, you know, it just becomes a pattern Mm -hmm. And the fact that she does it six days a week and I not five you know, and then probably has a sleep in day one day, um, Saturday or Sunday, I'm guessing. And, uh, you know, it, again, it's, it's definitely, you gotta be an early bird mm-hmm. to be able to swing that schedule, but, um, but it does get easier. And also I have to say that, you know, if you, you know, you're supposed to keep a consistent wake up time. And so that if she's quote unquote sleeps in, if you're getting up at 4am six days a week, I can imagine Courtney's quote sleep in day is maybe until 5.30 or 6. So, so she can get, I mean, she must get such a jump on her day on that weekend day. Let's assume that it's a weekend day that she quote unquote sleeps in. And it's like, wow, the rest of her family must be like, wait a minute. How has so much happened since we went to bed last night? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so Sophie, another early morning runner, and she says that She's an early morning runner and a single mom who has primary custody. Uh, My son is 14 now and he still needs hours of help with his schoolwork every day. I definitely don't do it all as I work full time and have two small dogs. Some days the house really needs to be cleaned. So I think that's just a reminder that some things just don't happen, you know? Um, Yep. Yep. And then Leah chimes in saying, I learned to ask for help. I thought I had to do it all to be a good wife and mother until I started to crash and feel like I was failing. 
I've realized my husband likes to cook and does a good job, so he cooks the night he is home and able. I also start speaking up when I've become overwhelmed with the housework and I couldn't get laundry or cleaning done, so he knew to do it. While exercise is me time, I've also learned I need more time for myself to journal and sit with my thoughts. So I so Leah still gets up at 5 a.m. She says that she spends the first hour journaling, reading, doing yoga so she can start the day off, re-energized and not rushing. And she says, finally, I stopped uh, staying to watch my son's hockey practices, which are 80 minutes long, but he gets there early to dress so I can run him to the rink and either run home and work out, go to a class or run errands. But I had to realize I can't do it all prioritize what I can and ask for help. And boy, so many women chimed in about what they do during their kids' sports practices. So I think I really? think that is really a place that you can that people can look, you know, going back to Trisha's question, if, you know, I mean so many I just I just had visions of all these mother runners running around soccer fields while their kids were playing and or, you know, under yeah. the bleachers at the hockey rink know maybe like leah's done something like that and it's just like okay but you you can make also like oh well okay it's right near costco maybe i can make a costco run while my kids at practice and just kind of seeing that is instead you know don't just i have a tendency to do this uh sit in my car and just be like oh yeah i'll do connections and then i'll do duolingo and it's like hmm that could actually be productive time <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah i mean i definitely our kids are older now but um i used to run um, you know, early morning swim meets, you had, they had to get there just ridiculously mm-hmm. early to quote unquote warm up, even though like their first like event wasn't until like 10, 15, <laughs> right. you know, and to be there at 645 for 10, 15 race. So there was that. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about was like those day long tournaments, mm, you know, yep. like both kids had them, like, you know, back when Ben played sports, um, Amelia volleyball tournaments. And like, I would definitely go out and walk if nothing else, just walk Mm. during Mm -hmm. them, right? Get outside, get away from, you know, that like the tournament feeling, the team table that has all the like snacks and stuff Mm -hmm. on it. Like the parents that are sometimes are often very nice, but you know, you just need a break. Sometimes there's some negative energy there. And um, I just really, really recommend that. I cannot recommend it enough. And I think sometimes you get sucked into, and I, I put myself under this umbrella, like sucked into thinking like, you know, your kid might need you or whatever, but you know what? Like they're going to be okay, especially when they're with their team, if they're with a coach, with an adult, you know, you know, I mean, I just, yeah, no one's going to notice that you're gone. Like where'd Dimity go? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or judge me for going. I mean, often like, especially at swimming, they'd be like, Oh, did you already run? Oh, that's so great. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so, you know, definitely um, just think about maybe, maybe trying to find some time mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So Victoria has some suggestions here. She writes it down with a pen. Cha-ching! We love Mm -hmm. that. On a to-do list in my actual physical day planner. Things that are done get checked off. Things that are don't are circled. She writes down everything to do. Morning medication, evening medication, evening yoga, run, make a doctor appointment, give eBay feedback. (laughs) I love that she writes that down. (laughs) Kid taekwondo class. I mean, everything, which... I got to say, I don't quite go to that extent, but I do love that because it's so fun to check it <laughs> off. Sammy so loves a good check mark. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, so she says, it helps me feel in control to be able to impact the list physically by checking things off. And it forces me to see just how much I'm accomplishing, which is helpful when I'm down on myself and feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. 
So that's great. And Nikki sets a block of time for exercise and she does not schedule anything else in it. It can get bumped to a different day for rare occasions, but by just having a block on the calendar means I see it and I can't avoid Mm -hmm. it. And that goes back to the setting your schedule at the beginning of the week. If you're on a training plan, you know, I even recommend like just reviewing the training plan Mm -hmm. so that you're not going to hit a speed bump on Thursday when you've got a 70 minute run and Mm -hmm. no time to do it or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's just something, if you haven't tried it and it's intriguing to you, I recommend trying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And keeping up with the writing it down, Stephanie wrote, lots of post-it notes around the house. Don't forget to heat up those leftovers for dinner, et cetera. (laughs) <laughs> I wish I wish we could get a photo from Stephanie. Um, or she also says that she sleeps in her workout clothes or she puts them on the floor right next to her bed. So they're the first thing she steps on when she gets up. And then that's a great yeah, idea. And then there's Renee, a gal after my own heart. She says, Google reminders, everything from paying bills, making appointments, sports schedules, and school holidays. If I remember to put it on my phone, I'm less likely to forget about it. I very much respect that. And I know for myself, like, I already feel like I'm so attached to my phone all the time, you know, so I almost like I would like, you know, digital detox, like when I read in the New York Times about um, going back to a flip phone, like part of me fantasizes about doing that. <laughs> um so, you know, if you have a, I mean, that's, that's why I like a journal a lot. That's why I like a, you know, a, t- a written down to-do list. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I like the idea. I, I have a lot of things in my Google calendar. Everything for work is definitely in my Google calendar and we have a family one and all that. But I also just, it's, it sometimes feels at odds with the fact that I don't want to always be attached to my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that, I think the moral of your story is that just find what works for you. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Rebecca is coming in with a little bit of uh, sage advice. There isn't a way to do it all, not at the same time. It's kind of like how balance is just a myth, mm-hmm. right? It's a sly little minx. <laughs> she, uh, Rebecca doesn't mind taking her life in seasons. After a training cycle, I might focus on getting the house better in order for a couple of months in that spare time. Then after a season, I'm ready to do something else. Or as the birds sang once, turn, 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 right? Quoting the Bible, <laughs> I won't yes. Sing. Oh, yeah, oh, that too. But the birds sang it too, they didn't did. they? They did, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, we're back to the to-do list. Yes, let's go, let's go. Uh, Kristen loves to make a to-do list each night for what I'd like to accomplish the next day. I love crossing things off once I've contemplated or completed them or contemplated <laughs> them. I realized that I forgot to do small tasks here or there, and I was wasting a lot lot of time before I made my list. I'm much more efficient this way, which means I can get things done. I've also learned to be flexible with the order that I accomplish things. I prefer to run in the mornings, but sometimes I don't get to it until mid-afternoon. I've also cut back on mileage and big races that require a lot of training. I run enough to stay healthy. Running will still be there long after my kids are gone, and I want to enjoy the time I have left with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Susanna has lots of suggestions. Also in camp, uh, you can never get it all done. So she says, just let go of that. Next, when you have a window of time, let's say your lunch break, schedule one thing, just one. If you look ahead at your schedule and see that you can't get things done in time this way, you must cut things out. For example, she, Susanna says she stopped buying Christmas presents for everybody except the kids, pointing out that grown adults can buy things for themselves. And that she had other stuff that felt more important to her, like making her child a Halloween costume. So making those trade-offs. And other things that you can't do, uh, can you can have delegated. 
if you can afford it, pay someone, but otherwise different family members, spouse or kids that are old enough need to pitch in. And she writes, and and I know this is hard, but it is okay for you to not be doing something productive every single minute. And that is definitely one of the things I want as a takeaway from this episode, that it is perfectly fine to just sit and stare off into space. Uh, or what, you know, we have a hammock out in our front yard in the warmer months. And sometimes after dinner, I just go out there and lay there and look up at the leaves and the trees. That sounds lovely. See, the problem with me is that I would have my phone with me. So, I mean, I think that's where we like waste a lot of time mm. for sure. Mm. And I, I mean, if that is something where you're like, where's the time going? Um, you know, I challenge you if you are on social media to take Instagram, take Facebook, take TikTok off your phone for just a day or two and see what happens, you know, because it is obviously it's meant to be addictive. We know that. I mean, my thumb like reflexively goes to certain things on my phone, even when it's not even there anymore. I take it off. So yeah. again, just something to think yeah, about. Yeah, my friend Sheila, who I trained for the Portland Marathon with in 2010 and is now one of my best pickleball buddies, she went to a silent retreat, silent meditation retreat with her one of her sons a couple weekends ago. And they it was, I think, a three-day retreat. And they um, have you hand in your phone when you get there. And Sheila confided in me, and now I'm sharing it on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Sheila. She confided in me, and now I'm sharing yeah. with you. That she started to cry when they handed the phones back. And that she said that sometimes she just will stare at her phone, wanting it to give her answers. Not like she's Googled something like, what else did this guy star in? But just as if it's going to tell her, you know, the meaning of life or, or sure. know, where she, you know, lost that other earring or something. And that she just was saddened to have it back and to feel that pull and that tie that she had not felt for the previous days when she hadn't had it. Yeah, it is. It. I mean, again, if it's not a problem for you, but, it, and I don't, I mean, I don't really think it's a huge problem for me, but like the, like when I can't be online, like, like, you know, the location it's taken away. I'm out for a hike, whatever. It is so lovely. Mm-hmm. It is so lovely. And then you get back in the car and you're like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to check mm-hmm. it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's that I can totally uh, identify with Sheila and I'm glad that she had a break and maybe can adjust a little bit, you know, cause that's an awful feeling to be like, Oh, she wants to cry. I get mm-hmm. it. So here's Jennifer coming in with a unique suggestion. Um, she recently took a random day off work. It was so delightful not to be on schedule and rushing around. I definitely haven't used all my PTO lately, and I really relished a free day to do my workouts, not on a schedule at all. That little break just gave me a mental break from the scheduled life. You know, like a mental health day. I think that we all know that we can appreciate those if you have them available to you in your job or you have flexibility to take an afternoon off or a late morning or something like that. I think that's great. Um, if you don't have that, like you could, you know, create your own on a Saturday or Sunday. I used to be uh, back when I was single. Um, I used to take Saturdays and like not wear my watch at all just to have a day to not, not every Saturday, but you know, I was just like, I'm not going to be ruled by time today. This is, you know, pre-internet, pre-phone and all those kinds of things. Not pre-real phone, but you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. So if you could kind of like, again, like kind of give yourself like a little bit of an amorphous free day, that might feel really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I think so too. All right. And here is Catherine who writes, her answer's a little long, but I really kind of like uh, several of the themes that run throughout it. She says, I have always been 
an inner self-time management person, so I don't use apps or use any other external reminders. She says, these days I take care of the top priority items that need to be done first. And this goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of the show. Um, she says, and then I go swim, run, cycle, etc. The other to-do items will get attention in due time, and they always get done without any issues. She says, I don't have to work out for long periods of time. Longer doesn't mean better. Since I was a young kid, I've always been about quality versus quantity. That's an admirable um, adult quality for a child. And then <laughs> understanding the depth and value of the elements of life help enormously in what is truly important and what's not. Creating boundaries and releasing control has given me a huge ROI, that's return on investment, for my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. I love how I've refined myself over these years. Less is indeed more. That's really, that was the note I wanted to end on. (laughs) Less is indeed more. There you Mm -hmm. go. There you go. That's the thing is I keep coming back to, you know, like we write these to-do lists and it's not like they ever get done, (laughs) right? It's not like you wake up on some random morning and you're like, I have nothing to Mm do, right? There's always going to be another load of laundry. There's always going to be another dinner to cook. There's always going to be more email to return. And I mean, one of the things that um, sticks with me, and I've I've said it a couple of times around here, but I'll say it again because I think it's it's, um, similar to what you're saying, less is more, is, you know, when I worked at Sports Illustrated for women back in the day, way, way back in the day, the editor-in-chief, she was a big swimmer, and she worked out every day in the middle of the workday. Mm. I mean, and she was the editor-in-chief of a very top magazine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and she was like, you know what? Like, I am not so important that I can't slip away for an hour Mm -hmm. or 90 minutes or whatever she did. And not saying that we all think ourselves too important to do that, but the thing is, the world will carry on without you while you take some time for yourself. Mm -hmm. It, It always does. It always will. And you'll be better prepared to handle those things that maybe went off the rails prior to your workout, during your workout, and at another time you had to handle them mm-hmm. after you sweat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one thing that Catherine's comment brought up for me was that for several years, I always felt like I was in a rush and that I was either late for something or that I should be doing something. And so I started to you know, if I was driving to get somewhere and it didn't matter at all what time I got there, I would actually tell myself, you're not in a rush. Take your time. You'll get there when you get there. And so it just made me really made my shoulders drop, made my breath easier. And just, it's not always, there's not always somebody waiting on you. Kind of what you were just saying about your boss at SI for women, that it's just, it'll get done. And, um, Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. To, I think I think I know that I place a lot of unnecessary pressure on myself, and I think a lot of women do that. So, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So these are just some of the responses there were. So to see all the responses, click on the link to this face the Facebook post from Trisha's question, and it'll be in the show notes. So thank you all for always um, rallying on our Facebook page. I appreciate all the input when I ask for questions for our Friday show and um, this, I really appreciated how much time people spent answering these questions. So to leave your own question on our Google voice number, please call 470-BADASS-1. That is 470-223-2771. When you call, 
leave your first name, such as Banjo is telling us right now. That's Banjo. Yes. yes. My name is Banjo, Banjo Hank Davis. I don't have a phone number. (laughs) And uh, leave your first name and where you're calling from. Please leave your message to about a minute or less. And the number is in our show notes, just like that Facebook link is in our show notes. Okay, we've given you a bunch of ideas for time management techniques. So now are you ready to run your first marathon and maybe get, you know, a a note from your friendly sheriff? (laughs) We're here to help you. We've got a community-wide free webinar next Monday, February 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern time, which is 10 a.m. Pacific time. Coaches Jess and Amy, who have collectively run nearly 40 marathons, are going to give you all the nitty gritty on how much running experience you need, how to pick the right race for you. Um, the time and energy commitment for training for a marathon, and what to expect both physically and mentally from the training. We'll also have time for Q&A. So again, if you are looking to a first marathon, come to our free webinar next Monday. And if you can't make it, still register and we'll send you the video afterwards. Um, and the registration will be linked in the show yeah, notes. That's awesome. Awesome. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. Keep those questions coming. We are here with answers. And what, Sarah? Is, are, they, are they on a Google calendar? Are they written down on a to-do list? I don't know. Studio O Journal, yes. <laughs> and a Studio O Journal is stressing me out. I don't know. <laughs>